Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Still obligated to check this out. If I remember right, it's the same. Have you guys ever seen Breeders from 1986? No, but I know of it. Yeah, that's that's the one we did on Murph and the Fat Kid that I was talking about the jizz hot tub through the whole thing. <laughs> it's the it's the right, same so, it's the same director. Uh, so in 2015, this guy made a movie called Joe Gage Sex Files, Volume 18. Oh yeah, he's a songs. porn director too. That's right. Interesting. It looks like a lot of his uh, stuff has been porn. Since. Yeah, he does that. He does the porn underneath a different name yeah yeah <laughs> one of those where everybody knows his other name but yeah. he still does it anyway well, it's on it's right here on imdb it shows up on this all well, the porn the, shows up in his list well the funny what, what's his name again his name's like tim kane or something like that is that right like that uh his real name Tim Kincaid. That's that's right it, it, like what name is he fucking protecting <laughs> like he made he made fucking breeders it's it's a movie of an hour and a half of rape ending with five women in a jizz hot tub. I, I suspect that some of this is gay porn. And he has multiple porn names, so I think maybe he does a straight porn under one director name and his gay porn under a different director name, but that's only a guess. That's even better. But like Men's Room 3 has got to be gay porn, right? You can't, you can't mix those things together. Nobody would ever respect you. <laughs> Everyone knows you do straight porn or you do gay porn. You don't do both. It's tacky. <laughs> tacky and uncalled for. <laughs> yeah, really. You really got to focus the new, on the art. Yeah, that's going to be the new, new tagline for the show. <laughs> I, I don't even know if Jack Off Party at Billy Bob's is gay or straight <laughs> porn. <laughs> I know that's a weird name for a title. <laughs> Oh, this could be the best first episode ever. If I was playing the gay or straight game, that one's going in the gay pile. I think like the last movie he directed that wasn't porn might have been 1989. Then he was gone for a while in 01. He came back hard with the porn. Came back hard with the porn. That's going to be the title. That's going to be the title of his autobiography. Yeah. So, Noah, I forgot to ask you before I start plastering your name all over Facebook. Uh, did you want me to call you Noah or Murph? Hey, you just do Noah. I don't give a shit. Everybody right. knows. All right. I didn't know if you were trying to protect your name for some reason. No. No. Yeah, wait till you see how bad we are at this. You might want to. <laughs> Everybody knows the garbage that I'm into. <laughs> That's why I picked you for this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> The uh, girlfriend speaking. watched the last half of Ilsa with me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she was not impressed. <laughs> that was the half that I watched first. Yeah. So I, got, I had a little moment of pride when I realized Ilsa was a Canadian film. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Which is, which is interesting. We'll, we'll get into that whenever we talk about it. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of podcasts, I guess we should start this one. Indeed. So, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Midnight Drive-In. 
We're starting things off with a bang, which is a pun that someone else made on our Facebook group. (laughs) (sighs) So since we're in a weird position where Nazis are something we have to be concerned about again, we decided, let's do some Nazi exploitation movies. So Ilsa, of course, went right to the top of the list. And then I believe Noah suggested serve Nazis must die. Hell yeah, dude. So we already got an Ilsa movie and a trauma movie under our belt in the first episode. That's nice. Yeah. So it was nice having listeners who were <laughs> obligated to get this first one, but, you know. Well, and since I'm the new guy, I wanted everyone to really understand who, who I am. This is what you're in for. When you guys said, what do you want to do first episode? And I said, I don't care, whatever. This is not where I thought we were <laughs> Well, I just love to know. It's like we could do a whole uh, Nazi month, and Doug's like, well, "Let's not be the Nazi podcast right off the bat." <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna do Nazi month, let's save that for like month three. <laughs> Every year is gonna be Nazi November. <laughs> oh, oh if good. we'd had that idea before, there's no way I wouldn't have gone for that. If we had Nazi November <laughs> every year, <laughs> it's a recurring event. It's a countdown. <laughs> oh, well. We can maybe still make it happen. All right. So first up, we got uh, Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. Um, Doug, do you want to uh, sort of, I guess, quote-unquote, synopsize what this movie is? Uh, I can try. It's a Uh, Canadian movie. I figure the token Canadian should talk about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the Canadian influence on this film is strong because you'll notice all the Nazis are like, really like cartoonishly evil in this and so from a canadian perspective that makes sense as americans you're thinking shouldn't there be some fine people mixed in with that group <laughs> but <laughs> that's not how other parts of the world see it so it's a little yeah, different i mean you know there's fine people on both sides yeah um all right so you want you want a plot description of this it is a more plot heavy film than i was expecting but uh so Ilsa is the warden of a POW camp in World War II, and she is in charge of doing a lot of uh, experimentation on the prisoners. So they have two things they do. Either they train the, the women to become the like prostitutes for the frontline soldiers to help. I don't know what you call that. but Or the other thing is that they just do experimentation on the women to... It's supposed to be medical experimentation. Ilsa's pet project is that she's trying to demonstrate that women can handle more pain than men so that women will get sent to the front lines. I'm not sure why oh, she wow. wants them sent to the front lines. You picked up way more than I did. Oh, no. There's there's actually, like, we'll get into it in a second, but there's a huge feminist movement behind this film supporting it, <laughs> which is bizarre. That is bizarre. So the other, the other plot line, by the way, because that's one of them, the other interwoven plotline is that she also has sex with the male prisoners, and if they—I oh, can't even believe I'm saying this in a plot description—if <laughs> they ejaculate before she's satisfied, she has them castrated. <laughs> so, where the movie picks up is that a German-born American citizen is brought to the camp, but he has like a magic penis that he can control when he ejaculates and when he does I can't believe I'm saying this 
So his superpower is, is is Viagra, essentially. Yeah, essentially. So he is basically able to emotionally control Ilsa, and he therefore teams up with some of the new women, and he's going to help them plan an escape from this. Uh, and there's a peeing scene. <laughs> is that what this movie's about? The quick plot summary is. Uh, female Joseph Mengele is defeated by the strong, strong wang of America. <laughs> but it's so weird because he's a German-born American. Oh, bring and, that up. And there's and there's more to it too. Like this this film, while its exploitation is brilliant satire, like it is fucking reaming all sorts of stuff to this movie, and you don't notice it because you're so focused on the. Uh, well, the exploitation bit of it, that you're not paying attention, you know. <laughs> What's really interesting with this film is that it does have these weird layers, and included in that, it has layers of exploitation. So it's got, like, the sort of exploitation violence that you would expect, and then it's got the exploitation sex that you would expect, but then sometimes they kind of mix the two. So there's, like, this one scene where these, like, these two people, for no reason, these people are being tortured, just because they needed a scene of torture in the film. But then in the, on top of that, there's this added layer of the women who are doing the torturing just take their tops off for no reason. And it's like, I don't understand. Am I watching torture porn or am I watching regular porn? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, just torture porn. I guess. Like, yeah, two topless blondes whipping a redhead. Like, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Wait, it does? <laughs> no, of course it doesn't. <laughs> okay. All right, good. I thought maybe it was me for a second. No. Well, I mean, unless you're my old friend, Crazy Uncle Randy, then it makes perfect sense. I, like I said, I felt like I stumbled into his porn collection, essentially. But <laughs> Randy! <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so the funny thing is, I actually watched the last half of the movie first by accident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when, I was, when we were setting up this thing, I was like, oh, look, Elsa's on YouTube. So I went and spot checked it, meaning I just kind of randomly picked places to make sure it was the entire movie before I sent it off to you guys. And I guess apparently I was satisfied, like, yep, this is the full movie, and then sent it off. And then when I went to go watch it, it, I guess, picked up where I had left off, which was like halfway through the movie. And then, uh, but the thing is, it starts on like a wide shot of the concentration camp. <laughs> And so I was just like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, no. even part of me was like, it's kind of weird there's no real title sequence, but, you know, whatever. It just goes right into this dude. Like, man, man, they're going real Star Wars on this. I was like, yeah, it just goes right into this dude, like, having sex with the two blondes. And I'm like, oh, all right. I guess they're just going right into it. Oh, that's funny. You started in the three-way scene. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's really funny about that is that three-way film is seen as important plot-wise, because that's where he's demonstrating to Ilsa his abilities, because she doesn't believe what happened the first time they had sex. So yeah, exactly. she's like, okay, if you're so good, then prove it by having sex with these two girls. <laughs> uh, and so part of me was just like, well, I mean, it's going on for a while, and I'm like, plot's a little thin, but I mean, you know, I get it. It's an exploitation movie, whatever. And then uh, I'm just like, I wonder how much time is left. And so I look, and there's like 10 minutes left. And I'm like, I've been watching for like 45 minutes. There's no way there's 10 minutes left. And then I realized I had uh, accidentally started halfway through the movie. So as soon as it was over, I just watched the first half. 
so I watched it backwards, which is a weird experience, but I don't think it made that much of a difference because I was able to follow it just starting in the middle, so. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the base plot, not that complicated. <laughs> once, once you start digging into it, though, it gets a little wonky. Like, there's all sorts of undertones of stuff, so the hero, as we said, was an American, and they go way out of their way to point out that he's German-born, and he's blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and basically, he's Aryan. Like, they specifically point out that this American savior is the picture-perfect Nazi. (laughs) So they're kind of pointing out the fact that, uh, you know, America's full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and this was back then, and then you've got the weird undertones of, like I said, there, there's a lot of feminist support for this movie, which doesn't seem like it should be fucking possible, but it is because there's this interesting idea of that the women are being tortured through the whole movie, and it's not till like, the very end that you figure out that the whole reason why Ilsa's doing it is to try to prove that women are just as good as men and can hold uh, dangerous positions in the military, and what it earns her is the Nazis coming in at the end of the movie and killing everyone in the camp to destroy all evidence. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is odd that the film has a feminist twist to it, but I don't know, man, the 70s, what do you want me to say? It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it, was a dark, it was a dark time. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Well, and it's the 70s, so you have to have that like nihilistic nail-in-the-coffin ending. Oh, yeah. yeah. The 70s yeah. didn't believe in happy endings. Like No. No. But well, if you had a happy ending too soon, Ilsa had you castrated. I mean, that's not... <laughs> 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 Seems unfair. Uh, so, Doug, for a first-time watch, what did you think of this movie? I have to say, I was... Even though I sort of knew what I was going into, mm-hmm. I was still really caught off guard by this movie. I was not anticipating. I think I was not expecting the torture scenes. Um, specifically, there's one girl who supposedly can take more torture than yeah. anybody else. Yeah, yeah the, gru- really, the gruesomeness of it. Yeah, I was not expecting that to be as dark as it was. I expected yeah. a little lighter tone. And also, I didn't expect the effects to be so good. So mm-hmm. it's like there are moments where it gets into that like cannibal Holocaust, hard to watch type territory. And I'm like, this is not, wasn't everybody just having sex with each other like three minutes ago? Like this, I was not expecting that, that dark shift. Um, I, I, it's a surprisingly well made movie for what it is. It's, you know, it is an exploitation film and you have to judge it as such, but it's pretty well made. They had, I mean, there's, there's a story there I'm sure we can talk about. They had access to good sets. The acting's not is, terrible. It's not, it's not ridiculously bad. It's not great. Um, a couple of the uh, the secondary characters aren't that good, but I think pretty much all of the main people are pretty solid. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you have Ilsa, you have like the German-American guy, and then you have the a couple of the girls that have that seem to matter. Like they're 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 the story. Yeah, tortured chick and syphilis chick. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they're all pretty good. And tortured chick, like that's a tough role. Yeah, and she does a good job with it. And I don't feel like they had like you know a lot of time to take extra takes and stuff. So 
I think it's an I think this film accomplishes what it sets out to do way better than I expected it to. Yeah. I think there are three there are three or four visual images from this movie that stick with you permanently once you've seen it. And like the first one is the uh it's a real quick scene of the chick that appears to be in the boiling water. Yeah. That she cranks yeah. up and kills cuz that's that's awesomely brutal and then the uh the scene with the uh electric branding dildo that she's torturing oh. the girls with. And then the last yeah. one is the very last scene with uh, right right before the Nazi kills her, but when Ilsa's tied to the bed and the tortured chick comes stumbling through that door with oh, the knife. Yeah. That's just that, awesome. that image of her leaning in the doorway is fucking horrifying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah the tortured chick's been like essentially like just tortured well, I guess not to death, but I mean, like yeah, she's, she's missing an eye. An eye. Yeah. Just, I think her vagina was like ripped open at some point in the movie. Yeah, it's just like all like it, the effects were awesome. Like it was just like holy fuck. Like I was, I was. It was not hard for me to believe there was some fucked up shit going on. Yeah, exactly. So when she yeah stumbles into that doorway with a knife, um, yeah, I was like holy shit, that's fucked up. And then she can't even walk, so she just like crawls along the floor to the bed, which I'm just like, okay, that's creepy as shit. So yeah, they did an awesome job. But you're also kind of rooting for her because you're like, she's been yeah. to hell oh, for back, sure. and she deserves she deserves her revenge, and she's about to get it. Yeah, and once again, you get that '70s nihilism where she's right there, and with her dying breath, she's gonna get her vengeance, and then she doesn't. Yeah. 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 You're like fuck, because even the even the Nazis that just show up at the end are dicks to the people who were like, we've been cheering for the whole movie. Yeah, that gunshot at the end is pretty awesome too, with the little bloody chunks of skin scattering yeah. across the bed. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I just I like the fact that this movie is it's this great uh, bait and switch that they kind of do because they they lure you in with a sex movie. And they just convince you that that's what the whole movie is going to be. It's just going to be tits and ass, and it's going to be this fuck fest, and it's going to be great. Yeah, because yeah, there is lots in it. Yeah, and then even at the at the beginning of the movie, they kind of hint at, that it's going to get jacked, like with the scene with the castration, where they're not actually showing anything. All you see is the blood kind of going yeah. through that a trough down into the gutter. Mm. But man, then they flip that switch on you, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a moment relatively early on when, like, the, when the new group of women who are arriving at the camp show up, and they start dividing them into groups. And for whatever reason, it's not explained. There's like a nurse there who's going to shave their private parts, and it's, it's kind of a joke about. Uh, the shaving of the head of the Jews in the, the concentration camps to prevent lice. The the okay. assumption is they're shaving their pubes to prevent crabs from spreading through the... But... Oh, it, makes sense. It, that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. But what yeah. I what I noticed when I'm watching it is, like, I'm watching the scene and it's... The girl doesn't want this to be done to her. And it's such a, like, personal thing they, when you're watching it happen, you're just like, oh my god, this just feels like wrong, and it feels like the kind of like almost emotional torture that these people would do to somebody. And it's like you're watching, you're like, this is really dark, considering like they're in my mind. I'm thinking the you know the the meta reason for doing this is so that they have a 
different shot for later on when this girl's having sex. And I'm like, no, like it turns out that's all part of yeah. this really dark torture movie that we're watching. Yeah. The and sex, all the sex ends up being a weapon against you rather than being yeah. to masturbate to essentially. Cause that's what most sexual exploitation is. It's an excuse to, to spank it to something. And if you're spanking it to Ilsa, you've got a problem. <laughs> like, you better do it fast, because those good scenes are not very long. Oh. Yeah, Christ. I don't want to be too judgmental, but I don't feel that this is designed for that purpose. <laughs> no. No, it's it's not. It's so it, it tricks you into thinking that it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's weird that this movie works on, like, these multiple layers, and it's like, it shouldn't. And I like I'm now I'm really curious to track down the sequels because I'm wondering if they all follow this type of pattern or do they just become sexploitation films because that's what would have made this one its money is that reputation as a sexploitation film. Yeah, I know I haven't I haven't seen Ilsa a warden or any of those yet. I, I know I've seen this one twice and I've seen one of the other ones once, but I can't remember which one it was. Interesting. This is one of those movies like I've always kind of wanted to see, but it's mm-hmm. like I, I again, it was more of a just I got to tick that one off my list. Like yeah. it's it's got this reputation. Yeah. And back in like especially like in you know growing up when you couldn't just log into Amazon or go online and just find it on YouTube. Like it was a one of those sort of notorious movies back in the VHS era that wasn't easy to get. Yeah, it's one of those movies I was always nervous. I'm just like I want to see it, but oh, kind of scares me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I was it's sort of like, that way too. Yeah, Nazis and like torture yeah. and medical experiments and oh. you know, it looks like there's gonna be lots of boobs though, so maybe that'll be okay. And like Noah says, you get in, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, boobs, okay. Holy shit, she's castrated that guy. Well, hopefully that was the most fucked up scene. <laughs> not even <laughs> close. Mm-hmm. No, not like, nope. that's the kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had an interesting experience with this movie because Your kid ran in. That no. That would be hard, hard for life. No, he was, I, he's long asleep before I turn on stuff like this, just to make sure. But uh, although he did wake up halfway through Surf Nazis and I had to pause it, but like, but like a decade ago, I was like at work. We had this like charity auction thing. You donate your stuff, everybody bids on it, and then the money goes to like whatever charity. And so somebody had like a pile of VHS tapes, and I bought them. And in the middle was. Ilsa, she put the SS as one of these VHS tapes. I'm like, that's, I, rem- like, I remember wanting to see this like back in like the 80s and 90s and never being able to find it. And I'm like, I don't even have a VCR anymore, but I'm sure I can track one down. I'll watch some of these movies. That'll be fun. And one of like the bosses at my work came by and saw these VHS tapes on my desk and was like, oh, can I borrow some of these? I'll take them home and watch them. I'm like, sure. And he took home Ilsa. And when he brought it back, <laughs> he walked over to my desk looked at me rather oddly and I'm like so what'd you think and he just put it down on my desk and turned around and walked away without answering (laughs) so the whole time I'm thinking like what the fuck is going on and I'm like I gotta get my hands on a VCR to watch this which I didn't think was going to be an accomplishment but then I just never did and I have no idea what happened to that tape after but <laughs> it was so weird because he's just like he just puts it down and just walks away and I'm like and he was not I mean he's the kind of boss who comes over and borrows your VHS tapes he's not the kind who doesn't talk to you 
So I don't. I, to this awful. day, he's never told me what he thinks of the movie. I don't know if he's a fan. I don't know if he made himself a copy of that VHS tape. Or... It's like I left it in the VCR. My kid watched it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he was like he was sitting down like he's got his lotion already he's like this is gonna be great and then like gets into it and he's just like oh fuck i can't enjoy this at all <laughs> there's like yeah according to the first 10 minutes of this movie if i were to enjoy it the way i was planning to i'd be castrated shortly thereafter and that seems that that, that doesn't seem like it's worth it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, but in the end, I would argue Ilsa She Wolf of the SS is like a master class in exploitation because it's all the exploitations jammed <laughs> into one fairly competent movie that actually has a decent amount of subtext and uh, like dissection. It's worth two, two or three watches. I mean, you really need to watch the kid. I, I actually agree with that. I think this belongs in the discussion with movies like like Day of the Woman or Cannibal Holocaust, where you go, like, yeah, that wasn't necessarily fun to watch, mm-hmm. but I know what they were trying to do, and they did it really well. And it's it's a strange thing to say, and it's like, I don't know, like, I don't, I would, I don't think I'd ever recommend this to, like, one of my friends, or, like, if people are coming yeah. over and you guys want to have a couple of beers and watch a Nazi exploitation film, like, that's not going to happen. I would recommend anybody who's into exploitation movies needs to watch it. Like, it's, if you like exploitation and you haven't watched Ilsa, you're, like, missing out on something that's on, like, a level that very few movies achieve. But I, I wouldn't recommend it to a casual no. <laughs> if there's a slight chance they could be a normie, don't do it. No, yeah. You'll, ru- you'll ruin their life forever. And you won't be friends anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> Was that all it would take? Because I got some people I could recommend this movie to. <laughs> oh, man. I've got some family members that if I slid them a DVD of this, they would never look me in the eyes again. <laughs> Uncle Steve, Uncle Steve, <laughs> why, why are you walking away from me? Didn't you like the pee scene? It's like super awkward Christmas dinner where like half the table has their back turned to you. <laughs> Everybody's just like silent. All you hear is like the silverware on the plates, and then Noah's like, "Could uh, could somebody pass me the potatoes?" And like Uncle Steve just gets mad and slams his hand down on the table for no reason. <laughs> no potatoes. That girl died. <laughs> Poor emotionally disturbed Uncle Steve. <laughs> why, why were they naked while they were whipping that couple? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there was no need. Uh, that's not very Dude, efficient. It's funny. efficient as the German way. <laughs> but even there's just those two girls. It's like, why were Playboy bunnies the lead guards at this <laughs> concentration camp? It's like, that's. That's an interesting decision to make. Well, it's, it's, once again, if you if you think about this movie from a sales point of view and uh, the the generic way they got away with a lot of this stuff, so you, you have the warning at the beginning of the movie that says, you know, Nazis actually did all this stuff, blah 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 blah, which yeah. is the the typical exploitation. We can put a lot of really really bad shit in a movie as long as we claim it's educational, which is exactly what they were doing. 
Well, they claim it's like based on true events, which is a little bit extreme. Yeah, well, uh, well, extreme in some ways, probably not extreme enough in other ways, which is funny. But yeah, yeah. yeah from what they I turn read, around yeah. and they sell it to producers, saying, "Well, we've got this big-breasted." Uh, blonde goddess that we're going to use to sell the movie, and her two assistants are going to be these two other super hot big boob ladies, and they're like, oh yeah, let's do this, and then they got on the film set, and they're like, bring us the special effects artist. <laughs> it's about to get weird in this bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, from what I read, like, they sort of combined all of the... Well, here it is on IMDb. Apparently, this is loosely, and then it emphasizes very loosely, yeah. based on the life of Ilse Koch, Coke, Koch, whatever, mm-hmm. known as the Bitch of Buschenwald, the wife of the SS Commandant of the Nazi exter- extermination camps of Buschenwald, uh, blah, blah, blah. She was infamous for a sadistic treatment of prisoners, including selecting ones with unique tattoos, having them murdered, sometimes even killing them herself and then skinned, after which she would have lampshades made from the tattooed skin. That's yeah, fucking weird about that. Yeah. Um, from what I read, though, there was, like, a bunch of, like, they essentially took, like, a bunch of shit that happened across the entire war and just put it in one location over, like, a month just yeah. for dramatic effect or whatever. But well, I, and a ton of stuff, like the, the crazy experiments and stuff, that's all just Joseph Mangala. Sure. Well, things, you know. That's also just back then. I mean, they used to if you if you do your research, it's like when people would complain about depression at one point in like the thirties, they would like remove your teeth. They thought that would fix it. <laughs> I don't I don't you know what I mean? Like oh, it, the world was a different place back then. So <laughs> very much. It was a Nazi place. Yeah. Oh, sad we're almost back there again. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, the world would be better, though, if the leader of the alt-right was a huge-breasted woman who just took her shirt off all the time for no reason. At least yeah. it'd be tolerable. I mean, like, you know, well, I, I hate Nazis, but I love boobs, so I'm torn right. on this one. I'm choosing not to weigh in on this particular subject matter. Like, I, hate, I hate everything that you're saying, but I like the way you're standing. It's just, I mean, <laughs> It would be interesting to see boobs like on the news every night, but I just, in the world of the internet, I'm not sure we need that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, oh, uh, we sort of loosely mentioned earlier, it kind of weirded me out that they filmed all this on the sets of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read that story just like earlier today and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Because I didn't watch a lot of Hog- a lot of Hogan's Heroes, but I watched it enough that I would recognize some sets in the movie, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, this makes me uncomfortable." There was one like so I, even, I even think the little trapdoor things they were using. I think mm-hmm. that they used those in Hogan's Heroes. Oh yeah, the one that they get out from the like whatever the whatever you call those huts that the prisoners lived in. Yeah. Those are definitely Hogan's heroes, like opening up the bottom, opening up the thing. And they had like a stand so that the door would stay open and everything. It's very cartoonish. And that's because <laughs> it's from a comedy show. <laughs> but did you guys read like how they convinced them to give them the sets? Yeah. 
it's literally they're like well at the end of the movie everything burns down and they're like oh we're gonna destroy this anyway it's actually cheaper to give it to you guys and let you burn it down <laughs> so, it's so weird how hollywood works it's like yeah how much money did we spend producing this tv show for how many years yeah can we tear down the sets oh that's gonna cost so much <laughs> look these people are gonna say they're gonna do it for free give it to them right the, the real question is at the end of the day besides black exploitation and kung fu is there any type of exploitation movie that this movie is not? <laughs> it's, a, it's a women in prison film. It's sure. or porn. It's yeah. sexploitation. It's a revenge movie. It's sure. All that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's everything. not non-sploitation. It's there. There was yeah. non-sploitation. So this misses that oh, one. That's, that's true. But they could have fixed that if they would have had a nun like in the movie. Like, oh, they really need yeah. to just sneak a nun in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, a director's cut, it's coming. <laughs> just, just have George Lucas come and CGI a habit onto one of those girls when they're getting off the bus at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> this is my greatest masterwork. Elsa, <laughs> the special, special edition. <laughs> that would get it a theatrical re release, no problem. I don't think anybody would have a problem with this movie in theaters today. Do you guys? Do you think we could protest? I don't think so. I think it would get a nice little write-up in the local paper. I'd be <laughs> I'd be interested of what the ratings board would give it today. Oh, what's the highest they can give it? Z? I think it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, X is the worst because that just it's porn at that point. Yeah, but their their rules are pretty strict about that now. Like. Because even films that show penetration are getting NC-17 ratings. So, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird I, world we live in. England would still ban it. I think it's probably still oh, banned. Yeah, yeah, assuming yeah. it's still banned there, and it would be if it came out now. England does not like the violence. They no. just don't get down with it. Um, where was it? I thought I saw somewhere that it was... Banned in the UK up till 2013 when they released, I think, a cut version of it some or something. Okay. I don't know. Either way, they still don't like it. Yeah. I always think it's interesting that, like, in America, they cut completely different stuff than they cut in the UK. UK, they cut out all the violence. In America, they cut out all the... <laughs> God, God forbid you see a, a penis or a pubic mound of it. some kind. Yeah, like an American censor together and a Brit- with a British censor, and you give them this film, like their heads just explode, and you end up with like a yeah. one and a half minute film. It's just a bus driving <laughs> up to a concentration camp. That's it. It's just over. It's just a bunch of those edits where they slice the film to zoom in, and it's just like real up close face shots to the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, the deal is they have to come up with a compromise, like uh, edit. Like there's no like one way or the other. Yeah. They're just like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. Can't have any sex or any violence in it. What what about the pee scene? Uh, Leave the pee scene. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one thing we're gonna leave in. That was fucking weird, right? Like, can we talk about the pee scene for a second? I can't. Fuck, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Welcome to the new Um, show, Doug. (laughs) This is your life now, every Thursday. But, uh, yeah, so... 
Is there more to okay? So the uh, higher up officer comes in. In case listeners haven't seen this movie and don't plan to watch it, um, higher up officer comes in and like Elsa's trying to impress him and show him all her experiments and everything the whole time. And then before he leaves, he's like, "All right, one last thing. You gotta like." And she thinks she's gonna have sex with him, and he's like, "Nope, just PM me." I feel like there's some kind of a message in that. I feel like there's something deeper going well, on that I'm not picking up on. There's a little bit of historical reference to that because, oh, shit, really? uh, there, yeah, there's actually a bunch of rumors that I cannot remember what the guy's name is, but one of Hitler's like real close, high up people supposedly was really, really into the laying underneath a sheet of glass and having women uh, drop a deuce on it. All right, and uh, and supposedly Hitler, there's there. He's been accused of being into the poo poo too. Well, Hitler All, gets Hitler gets a real bad rap, and a lot yeah, of people yeah, say a lot, yeah, of a lot of things that, about him. Yeah, a lot of that's probably just them taking the stories about this other guy and applying it to him. Sure, but but he's like Did I said, he's seriously been just say Hitler gets a bad rap. Come on, Beck. Even we have limits. Oh, we well, do. Well, Hitler Hitler gets accused of things that clearly Hitler could not have done. <laughs> I think he gets All the things a lot. He did were bad enough. That those were bad enough. Like it does seem weird that people feel the need to exaggerate Hitler. It's like, hey, you know, you just tell the truth. It's it's yeah. It's yeah. Like, he, he murdered millions and millions of people. Like, yeah. he's, he's, I don't know, I don't know what the monster. number of murders he's directly responsible for is. 15, 20 million, something in that area. <laughs> Not to mention the people who actually died in the war, which is basically all his fault. But you know. <laughs> People still feel the need to make other shit up. <laughs> He's gonna small dick. <laughs> but there's that, and I think that was also it was supposed to be like a reference to, uh, like, not exactly sexual repression, but uh, beta maleism. Like they were basically saying that the reason why Nazis are Nazis is because they're like weak men who are, you know, under the thumb of their ideals and women and all that. And there's even a reference to it when Ilsa, after that, whenever she's walking, she's like, bring me the American. I need a real man. Yeah. That's yeah. actually a good point. She, I think she pretty much says that. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought, what I thought was interesting about the scene is that, um, like, the look on her face, like, she's not happy to be doing it. Yeah, she's disgusted. No. Yeah. But she, it's like she's, it's, almost this weird moment where it's like she has to, even though, even she this like all-powerful, whatever, she still has to take whatever orders are given to her by this superior commander, even if it's something that utterly disgusts her in the way that this does. And I found that really interesting. I don't know why, but I found it like really weird that she's like this all-powerful person and then this guy shows up and is just like, nope, I'm in charge. And I'm going to ask you to do this thing that you clearly don't want to do. And it's almost like he's to some extent making her do it just to prove that he can. But I wasn't sure like how much to take from that and how much it was just, they were like, what haven't we done yet? And this is all they could come up with. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot of interesting subtext. I would, <laughs> I, I wish I knew more women that were really into exploitation movies. Cause I would like to hear a woman's perspective on some of it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the movie's got an interesting voice that I think guys are missing out on part of it. Yeah, I mean, that might be true. 
It'd also be interesting to hear a Nazi perspective on this and see how they... <laughs> Let's call up that one guy that was on that Vice episode and get him to talk about it. Yeah. The Dan Harmon said he sounds like Bob Hope, which made him, <laughs> made him even funnier. It's like, yeah, I'm a Nazi. I don't know. Yeah, you know, all the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, Noah, I, I'm assuming you really enjoyed this movie, obviously, I, since you... Like I said, I, twice. I argue this this movie is a piece of art <laughs> that, that holds up under a, a certain level of scrutiny. I'm not saying it's not exploitation and that it doesn't contain a bunch of shit that's just there to put people in seats but at the end of the day it's it's a good movie and if you like exploitation and you have the stomach for it it's a must-see movie yeah i would agree it sounds like i think doug would agree too yeah i I mean again it's not something i'm going to just recommend to everybody who says hey what should i watch tonight but it is one of those things i think if you're even if you're just like a fan of cinema and you want to understand what the hell was going on in exploitation mm-hmm. cinema back in like the seventies, yeah. everything was just like, cause there is this the, whole weird seventies, man. <laughs> everything just got so fucking weird for a while. And I think if you're trying to understand that, I think this film is like, you know, it is kind of a must see. It is ticket off your list. If you're a fan of, of cinema and you want to see a, something from every era, mm-hmm. I mean, does that mean everybody's going to enjoy it? No, it's made for a very specific crowd. I'm still not sure if I'm in that crowd or not, but I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm about the same way. Like I really ended up enjoying it. Um, which I mentioned before, I was kind of scared to watch this movie. Cause I'm just like, I don't, don't know what I'm getting into, but yeah, I think I agree with just about everything we've said. I mean, it, it's a very well-made movie. It actually has a decent message to it. Which uh, surprised me in a weird way. Maybe message isn't the right word. But you know what I mean. It just it has this thing about it. I don't know. that I ended up really enjoying it. And I'm actually surprised by how much I did enjoy it. But yeah, it's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm in the mood for a movie. And I'm just going to throw it on. Like, While you're I cooking probably, dinner. Just in yeah. the background. <laughs> I'm going to do some light knitting. Yeah. Hill song in the background. Yeah, it's probably not something I want to watch for a long time, but like I definitely enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Yeah, I think it's 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 worthy of, and if if you're really heavy into exploitation like I am, it's worth more than one watch because you're probably gonna miss some stuff the first time you watch it, just because you're distracted by all the bad shit, crazy stuff going on. Yeah, and especially if you watch it the the second half first and the first half second. <laughs> It's a, totally movie. it's a movie yeah. about a Nazi camp that's destroyed by a bunch of other Nazis and then a new fresh crop of people arrive. <laughs> <laughs> Brian just thought those guys were there to build the new camp. Uh, that is the funny thing. I'm just like, wait, I thought I thought they said the Americans were coming to liberate the camp. What are all these Nazis showing up destroying everything for? That's so. a sweet that that's such a great twist at the end. Yeah. It's like look, even Nazis don't like Nazis. This is fucked up. Uh, 
All right. So on the flip side, we decided to team it up with a different kind of Nazi exploitation movie. <laughs> and Noah recommended this one. So Noah, why don't you clue us in on what Surf Nazis Must Die is all about? Uh, it is a semi-post-apocalyptic future <laughs> where an earthquake has devastated the coastline. The entire coastline is now taken over by rival gangs, uh, the most That's dangerous of which are the Surf Nazis. Who kill a black guy and his elderly mother goes on a rampage and takes them all out. <laughs> End of plot. <laughs> See the way you just described it, I would be excited. Yeah. So, so the first then, thing then I've watched it and I'm not excited. Yeah. The the first most important thing to tell people about this movie is that the best part of this movie. Is the trailer for the movie? <laughs> because I should, this... I should have watched the trailer because I missed out. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, unlike Ilsa, where you watch the trailer and you're like, "Oh, I don't know about that," and then you watch the movie and you're like, "Oh shit!" Well, that was there was more to that than I thought there was. This one, you watch the trailer and you're like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and then you watch it. And all the best parts of the movie are in the trailer. <laughs> uh, now, this one, so it's trauma, and it's yeah. it's in the good trauma period, but it's not good trauma. So, so, so that is important. This is not, I will never, ever, ever say that this is a good movie. This is a really bad movie that's fun to watch if you know it's bad when you're going into it. Yeah, well, you should have warned the rest of us then. So no. we could have been in on the fun. <laughs> I need yeah, different, we need differing opinions. <laughs> I definitely did have the feeling that if this was like a party movie, that I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But well, just see, me sitting at home by myself, like right after work. I was kind of like, oh man, I'm starting to fall asleep. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And because this movie is, for a movie that has like a gang war in it, it is surprisingly boring. Yeah. And that's a, that's a real problem. Like, you, a movie like this cannot be boring. Like, if, sometimes drama films have boring aspects to them, and you're like, but well, that's okay because we need all this dialogue because it's important. And, and it's this movie has no. Because trauma is usually, especially trauma from from this time period with like Sergeant Kabuki Man and uh, Killer Condom and Toxic Avenger, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna watch a ton of those movies because they're like my favorite movies. But they're really really good at packing movies full of stuff, so they don't like waste footage just because it's expensive and Lloyd Kaufman is a well, poor son of a bitch. Like, but, but I think you'll note this movie was distributed by Trauma. I yeah, yeah. believe it was produced by Trauma. Uh, and I that's, that's I the think, difference. I think they had some hand in it, but not very much. So, so I don't like if you look at the directed by, written by, produced by, I don't see Lloyd Kaufman's yeah. name on any there, anywhere there. And that's it's not really a Trauma film if it's not. If you, yeah. If Coffin's not at least a producer, you know. Um, but, but yeah, this this film has a ton, a ton of wasted space. Well, what's ironic though is it also has this like weird because you described a, a plot line where it's like this simple like gang kills guy guy's mom seeks revenge, 
which is a totally a plot line I can get behind. There are plenty of movies out there that have that same exact plot line, whether they kill the son or the wife or the dog or whoever, and the rest of the movie is the revenge movie. And I'm fine with that. Like that's enough. Yeah, but they add in it until the end. Yeah, they add in the whole like gang war aspect of it, like because I think they're I, I think they're trying to rip off the warriors. Yeah, that's what bit. I was like. Like it's it's you almost you're almost waiting for Nazis come out and play, <laughs> like and it's like. That would have been awesome, <laughs> but n- none of like none of the gangs are good. Like they're all these like weird stereotypes. The fight scenes between the gangs aren't good. None of it ends up mattering because again, the main plot of this movie is this woman who's not in any of the gangs is the one seeking revenge on the Nazis. So you know, the whole time you kind of know that this stereotypical black woman who lives on her own and is not part of the gang is going to be the one that kills the Nazis. So. Why are we bothering with the rest of this stuff? And it's, it's really the answer is no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> to pad it out to a feature length movie time. Yeah, but again, if you just had this, if you had your offensive black stereotype woman take longer to kill the Nazis, then you wouldn't have to edit in these random other offensive stereotypes <laughs> to fill time. Yeah, the biggest the biggest thing is this movie has as as far as junk, uh, you know, crap cinema that ends up being good anyways. It has a bunch of things that should be more awesome. They just bring them up and then leave them. There is the most awkward, terrible surf fight I've ever seen in my entire life in this movie, <laughs> where they're just kind of, like, surfing close to each other and, like, gently punching each other. <laughs> like, and that's all they're doing. You have a weird, mad scientist dude who's making surfboards with, like, switchblades and shit. But they don't <laughs> fucking use them! And they don't use them, yeah! Which, that's the oh most my God. awesome thing in the whole movie. You're like, Yeah! <laughs> It's so like, man, weird. Frankie Avalon's gonna get fucked up and then they never use it. Yeah. Here's the thing though, like at the beginning of this movie, I like I got interested because the setup is I mean it's Mad Max is the setup, right? Yeah. You've got this semi post apocalyptic world where the cities are still kind of contained, but if you leave and you get too far on the outskirts, you're in no man's land and there's no sort of officials out there to govern. So gangs have taken over. That's your basic setup in Mad Max, and that movie's great. And then they do it here, and you're like, okay, I can see it. And it's, I think it's actually shot somewhat well, or maybe just the locations are scouted well. Because it looks pretty cool, some of these beaches with, like... It seems inconsistent. Like, sometimes the person behind the camera seems like he's got a real eye for what he's doing, and then other times it's just these weird, sprawling, boring uh, wide shots with just stuff going on. But yeah, it's it's more like the landscape shot. I guess maybe it is the location more than the filming of the location that I like. But like having like the oil rig right on the beach where people are trying to swim and stuff like that. And there's a, a few, several shots where they're all surfing, and in the outskirts there's like a, another oil rig out there. And I think they call it like Power Beach. And you, you kind of get the feeling like maybe this used to be a nice area, but it's been kind of industrialized. And I thought all that looked great. And so I'm like, at the beginning of this movie, I'm thinking, okay, it's clearly low budget. The acting's not great. It's kind of trying to be campy when it's not really, and that one guy has a hook for a hand and stuff, and you're like, okay. (laughs) I I get behind most of that, and then it's just like, halfway through the movie, I'm just like, wait, like, why are there 
like samurai in this movie. Like they don't serve a purpose plot wise. It's just because they were like, Oh, we haven't offended any Asians yet. Get, get some offensive Asians in here. Oh yeah. This, like, this it's, is it's quite possibly the most offensive movie. It's, it's close. It's, it's up in the pile. It's at one point, like they're like just bad mouthing Jesus for reasons that I don't even understand. Other than maybe again, we just hadn't offended that group yet. Yeah. And I have one question for you, though. I have speaking of groups that should be offended watching this movie. So you have like the various gangs. You got the biker gang. You got like the Jesus hippie gang. You got the Asian gang, and then you got like the one gang of guys that. At first, I thought they were just making fun of those like workout guys that hang out at like those gyms on the beach in California. Mm-hmm. But then I got thinking: Is that supposed to be a gay gang? The, pre- and if the it preppy is, guys. No, not the preppy guys. Like, there's like the one guy. It's like the last gang that the Nazis fight. I think uh, the ones with the black and green. That yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, because I think that maybe like they were trying to make those offensive gay stereotypes, and they're just so bad at it that they failed. I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea what they're supposed to be. Because <laughs> then, because in my mind, all I keep thinking is like, how could you be so offensive to so many groups? And then, like, you get to the gay gang, and you go, "Well, we're gonna hold it back a little. We don't want to be." We don't want to be rude to them. <laughs> like that's that's sort of how it felt to me. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, go all out because I don't know what else that group is supposed to be. And everybody, every group has to be something, right? It's like '80s wrestling. You can't just come out and wrestle. You gotta have to. You have to be something. So what? What were they? Wasted potential. <laughs> <laughs> like like most things in this film. Like the the strongest performances in the movie are obviously. Uh, uh, Ava, uh, the the Nazi chick, and the guy who plays Mengele, I actually think has, he's got a pretty cool look to him. He's kind of got crazy eyes, and he's got yeah. an interesting voice and stuff. And and then, uh, oh, what's what's her name? Because they just call her is is it type? I t- I'm going to sound even more racist by getting the guy's name wrong. Because is it Leroy's mom? What's the guy's name? Oh, the guy's name is Leroy, because that's racist that uh, his name is Leroy, but it's not your fault. It's the movie's fault. <laughs> well, I didn't, I, right. well, I right. didn't want to get like the wrong stereotypical black guy name and then sound even worse. Is that it? Yeah. I can't. <laughs> no, yes, it was Leroy, and yes, it was racist for his name to be Leroy. Yeah, but she's not a great actress, but she's actually got a little bit of like charisma to her almost like uh i'm trying to think of somebody to compare it to like a like a chuck norrisy type thing where where the dude's a charisma <laughs> all, but, but can't help but did you just him. compare this woman to chuck norris oh she's yeah. like she's like a 70 year old fat woman <laughs> no, no, i'm not see i'm not saying like physique wise i'm saying like in the way that she's not a good actress but she's compelling in a way that makes you want to watch her and find out what's going to happen. I I do agree with you that I think that, yeah, I would have liked more of her on the screen and less of whatever the fuck else was going on. Yeah. I I just, like, we, if you took out the scenes where one of the surf Nazis goes home and his mom won't let him go back out to not see him some more, like, you you could edit all that out and just have more of, of 
think her name is just Mama, running around at the fucking old folks' home where she won't obey any of the rules and she's running illegal gambling and stuff. <laughs> she's, she's, she's sawing the tree in half that's outside her window. Yeah, because she's just about the view out her window. That's so amazing because I can't even, like, they, I bet you they only had one crane and they used it to get an old lady up in a tree. So that she saw it because they wouldn't use it for their uh, we use it for shots, but no, we need the old lady in a tree for the purposes of this film. Uh. Yeah, but it's just it's, it's just really interesting that like like I said, as far as the Nazis go, Ma- the guy who plays Mangala by far the best actor of the group. And he's, yep. he's, Why not he's give him the lead role talent. and give yeah. like the other guy that role? Yeah, and Adolf, the main guy, is just fucking boring. Like I don't give a shit it's about terrible. that character. Like, no. It took me a while to realize which one was being called Adolf, and yeah. then I'm like, I'm like, it's him. Like I thought he was one of the background guys to just be killed off. And I know, like, I know, this is a weird complaint, but why didn't they give him the Hitler mustache instead of the weird wispy mustache? <laughs> well, if we're gonna go there, can anybody explain to me why none of the Nazis are blonde-haired, blue-eyed? <laughs> right? <laughs> like they're all like they're they all. It's almost like the idea of making them Nazis came later. Like, if this movie were made today, I would think that they filmed the whole movie and then later decided to make them Nazis and, like, CGI'd in the swastikas. Because there's no real reason for them to be Nazis. They don't do much Nazis. There's one scene of them, like, harassing a Jewish guy. Yeah. But it's the the fact that they're Nazis is largely irrelevant. They're just a a gang of no-good nicks. It's just, it's, it's pure exploitation. The reason why they're Nazis is because it's okay to wanton murder Nazis. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It is okay to murder Nazis. I think we can, most of us agree with that. <laughs> yeah. You never hear somebody complain about a movie like, I, I was enjoying it, and then they killed a bunch of Nazis, and I was kind of out of it. I don't know. Indiana Jones killed an awful lot of Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> no ticket. No ticket. But, uh, God, I wish we'd watch an Indiana Jones movie instead of this. <laughs> Listen, this this movie, while it is not a good movie, is a great movie if you have two or three people in a room in a six-pack of beer and some time to kill. Okay, well, if there's going to be two or three people, I'm going to need more than six beers. <laughs> a six-pack apiece. If you <laughs> But because all the little, there's a bunch of little bits that are awesome. Crazy hook hand thing, really cool. Mangala's crazy inventions, really cool. Chick getting hit by that boat, awesome. Yes, we can agree on that. Yeah, the, I would say uh, everything with Mama in it was good. I wish yeah, the movie. The, yeah, the I wish the movie was all that. All about that. Like I wish the movie was all about here's some Nazis, here's Mama in her old folks' home, and then they come to a head at the end. And yeah, the Can last just, like half hour should have been her killing Nazis. Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody could. Ways. Somebody could do a 45 minute fan edit of this film, and it would be a, and it would be a much better. Yeah, I was like, can we just remake this as like a black exploitation movie and just focus on her instead of the the Nazi part of it? Yeah, like that would be a better movie. I agree, and I mean, really, like if. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird that they had all this other stuff going on that was just so inconsequential. It's like, you have a gang war going on, but that's not the plot. So then what's the point of a gang war? Maybe they just made it all up as they were going. Oh, I'm pretty sure they did. I don't, I don't think there was any, any, like, idea of where this was going, and... 
I think eventually we're planning on watching a Bad Taste at some point down the road, and that one—that's all that movie is. They—they they, they shot that movie on the weekends over the course of I can't remember like ten years or something like that. It took a really long time to make it. <sighs> that's hilarious. Um, so, Doug, would you say you're a fan of this movie or nay? I am. A, I'm going to have to be a nay on this movie. I, I want to watch the the 25 to 30 minute fan cut that is actually where Mama is your main character, but. Until that comes out, I do not recommend people watch this movie. <laughs> uh, you heard Noah say that, it's, that it is a bad movie, but it's a fun bad movie. What is it you told us over uh, over Messenger? <laughs> oh, oh it, but like I said, it's like it's like food truck tacos that only give you a little bit of diarrhea. Like, <laughs> like it's not that bad. Like, no, the taco's yeah. okay. <laughs> your, your actual message said gave you an appropriate amount of diarrhea. And I yeah, think that, an appropriate amount that's, of diarrhea. That's, that's subjective. Everyone has different tolerances <laughs> for the level of diarrhea they want. <laughs> so if you're comfortable with more diarrhea, maybe you enjoy the movie more, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this, this, I mean, this is some uncomfortable stomach cramp kind of diarrhea. But once again, watch it. If you watch it with a group of people, it's it's a fun party movie because it's got cool things in it, but you don't have to pay attention to large portions of it. I I think this is a perfect YouTube movie because it's like okay, pull out the clip yeah. where he's showing off the cool surfboards, and you won't be so disappointed if when if the YouTube clip ends when he's done showing off like the switchblade surfboard, you're yeah. not going to be as disappointed as you are in the movie where you're waiting for that to come back and it just doesn't. And the nice thing about this movie is that you don't have to pay anything for it, and you also don't have to steal it, because it's yeah. on Troma's YouTube channel. Yes. Because when Troma goes, yeah, fuck it. Movies up. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be talking about Troma a little bit later, about kind of why they do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My biggest thing is, I'm not the biggest Troma fan in the world. Um kind of hit or miss with me so this one unfortunately was not one that was a hit for me so i was kind of bummed that i had to watch but you live and you learn <laughs> that's, that's like the least polite thing you can say about a movie i was bummed that i had to watch it <laughs> i wasn't bummed till after i watched it so maybe uh i don't know i do, i do know the last time i watched this particular one I think I I was in my early twenties, so it was it was a little while ago, and I remember enjoying it much more. But I was probably still smoking pot and drinking pretty heavily. <laughs> I think that goes without saying that you probably enjoy trauma a lot more before you turn twenty five than you do after. It's just one of those if you're like eighteen to twenty five, trauma is a lot easier to stomach. Because you can just handle more taco diarrhea or whatever. I forget the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and Troma is the only company that it's so much easier to watch their early films. Like, because as they progressed, they did not improve. They got worse and worse and worse. Well, I think part of that is just that their aesthetic became yeah like, they rebranded inappropriate, and they did. Uh, it's almost like they tried. They could. They did. They weren't able to change their aesthetic to match the changing society yeah i don't know no, i agree i might, I might that, be overthinking trauma no, that, that makes sense 
they they went from the the way I think of it is they went from kind of dark jacked up humor to uh, fart jokes. Yeah. Which, which isn't a good transition because fart, fart jokes only entertain a certain amount of people and even them, it only in, entertains them for so long. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was going to say. I feel like, yeah, they went from just the, what if a guy falls in toxic waste and then he's like, gets revenge on people. And then you make it like an environmental sort of movie about toxic yeah. waste. And then, Yeah. Your other movies are just like, what if this guy farts a lot? And that's sort of like the the only thing they come up with in like some of their new movies. So yeah, it's a bummer. That's not really a plot, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. On the other hand, they're still in the distribution game, mm. and they're still helping people like Astron Six and stuff get up yeah. and running and. And yeah. the amount of directors and actors and stuff who have come out of trauma is mm-hmm. mind blowing, especially with the quality of those people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, James Gunn. James Gunn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, back when I used to run a, a horror film festival, we screened a movie called The Taint. <laughs> and we put that in our. Uh, our last movie of the festival slot, which is usually like, okay, you've watched all these movies. Here's a really fucked up movie. So if you really want to leave now, now's your chance. And, uh, I just sat at the back of the theater and just laughed at everybody like reacting to it. And, uh, after our festival, they announced that they got picked up for distribution through trauma. And I was like, Oh yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. So, so they're still helping people who do weird ass shit. But uh, yeah, some of their their homegrown stuff is just definitely not for me. Well, anything else about surf Nazis before we move on? No, like I like I said, you gotta watch it with people and have a drink, and it's it's a fun watch. But do not expect anything out of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's available for free, so if you're curious, you can always... You don't feel bad turning off movies that are available for free. Exactly. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Um, All right, so obviously we have no listener mail, considering this is the first episode. Um, I did have somebody... uh, shoot me a message on our our midnight drive-in uh, Twitter saying they're excited for the first episode. Uh, I could look that up, but I'm too lazy. So, uh, thanks. And now you got your first episode, so hopefully stick around for the second episode. Let, let's be honest, they're probably not listening at this point. They probably got halfway through that Ilsa discussion and we're like, are they trying to say it's good? <laughs> Check out. <laughs> I think we had a good Ilsa discussion. Right. Surf Nazis, on the other hand. Probably should have went Surf Nazis first. <laughs> no, because then we would have been like, oh, I just want to get this over with. Let's not talk about Ilsa all that much. Uh, good point. Um, so I was going to bring up, I watched some other stuff that might be interesting to talk about. Did you guys watch anything you would like to talk about? 
good. Uh, well, I rewatched Jeepers Creepers, but let's not mention that because if we mention it, then we'll get uh, all sorts of weird, controversial trouble. hate mail. And uh, trouble. Why'd you say it out loud? <laughs> now, now Irma's turning into a shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are gonna die. Um, <laughs> There was there was a hurricane joke. It wasn't making light of the fact that it's a horrible storm. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> so everyone knows. Yeah, that's, that's a tragedy. I'm gonna donate some money. Well, uh, well, what did you think of your Jeepers Creepers, Doug? Uh, holds up pretty good. Uh, I mean, my analysis of that film hasn't really changed for years. It's like two really good acts, and then a decent third act, but it's really a, a bit of a letdown after how good the first two are. So. Interesting. I haven't watched it in a long time um, for the aforementioned reasons you alluded to. Well, it's um, funny because I think everybody telling me that I shouldn't watch it made me go, oh, I wonder if it's still good. <laughs> no, I say everybody has the perfect right to watch it. I just, I, I personally choose not to, but I, I, completely, I don't. I respect that decision. Yeah, but I don't, I don't chastise anybody else for watching it and enjoying it, so... It's it's interesting because people people have such a violent reaction to him specifically, and I and I know what he did was terrible. Yeah. But there's about five or six other directors who've done oh. similar terrible things. I everyone seems to forgive because their movies are really really good. I'll take it a step further though. I'm like I believe the Elijah Woods and the Corey Feldmans that come forward and say that there's a way more terrible shit going on in Hollywood than anyone knows about. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure that that oh, is very sure. true. And mm. I, if I had the power to stop it, I would, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's appropriate. Anyways, uh, I, I was trying not to get into that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to bring the show down in the first artist, episode. Artist versus art. <laughs> Tuck and roll. Uh, did you watch anything else, Doug? No. Oh well, you made this segment boring. Did you watch anything? No, you want to talk about? Uh, I watched all of the Tick. Yeah, oh. was it good? Uh, I really liked it. Uh, it it was too short. the The first season's only six episodes, which kind of like pissed me off because six isn't enough. Like gotcha. an eight eight episode season minimum is. A requirement. I think that if you're doing six, it's a mini series and it's not a fucking season. So don't tell me it is. Well, the, the other thing is they managed to make it kind of dark and messed up and and pretty clean for the most part, except for the introduction of one character who's called Overkill, who every scene he's in is like a bloody, gory people's heads coming off, and he says the word "fuck" every three seconds. Which normally I'm not opposed to that kind of thing, but why go through all the effort of making it so clean the rest of the time where I could like show it to somebody like my nephew who's old enough to get a kick out of that kind of stuff and then throw in all of that stuff that I absolutely cannot show to him because my brother would murder me. So would you say it's a little bit of an overkill? Yeah, it's a bit of an overkill. <laughs> Pun. So, so you you would say mission accomplished is what you're saying. <laughs> Sounds like that they were hoping to elicit the reaction they're getting. Well, and and I get it. I I understand the point of it and what they're doing. And I love all of the actor selections. Uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's 
it's a little truer to the uh, the tone of the comic books than I think either the cartoon or the last uh, live action series was, where it's kind of like a dark comedy about a superhero who is clearly brain damaged. <laughs> but uh, but it was awesome. I mean, cool. I'm too actually, short. I've actually never really got into the tick, so. Um, nothing against it. It's not like I hate the tick or anything. It's just, I don't know. Never capture my imagination for some reason. It's one of those things where I always just assumed based on, I, I, on the cartoon and the live action series starring Putty. Like I just figured that's probably better in commercials than it is in the, uh, in the actual show. Like it's kind of a, more of a better idea that it's going to be executed. But this newer version, given that, you know, given the arrow we live in, and given the fact that it's an Amazon thing, it's, the, yeah, it's Amazon, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so rather than being like network television or something, I think this one has more potential. And it certainly looks like maybe it's worth it. And I'll check it out one day. Yeah, I would, I would give it a shot. It seems like they're leaning into the the uh, the spin on it that it, in the comic books it, at one point they kind of established the idea that while the suit makes the tick like invincible he's not actually invulnerable so he's been super punched in the head over and over and over and over again and basically he's an elderly boxer kind of character that just has <laughs> concussion after concussion after concussion <laughs> and his brains are scrambled. Like he's he's a good guy and he just wants to do good, but he's he's mentally handicapped. I mean, <laughs> a little bit of social commentary there. Everyone puts helmets on their kids and doesn't seem to understand that those helmets don't actually stop concussions. Yeah. So it sounds like this show understands that better than most parents. <laughs> yeah, but it's worth the, the uh, oh man, and the uh, the bad guy is played by. I always get his name wrong. He was the 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 bad guy on Preacher too. Um, Jack Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, yep. I love Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, and he's he's he plays a character called the Terror, and hits awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bes- besides that, I don't think of. Oh, I watched Death Note. Yeah, that was. Not heard good. heard lots of controversy about that one. He was not good. Uh, I I think that I hated it less than other people did because I have not watched a ton of the anime. Mm-hmm. Although the little bit that I did watch versus the movie, that I could tell there was like this weird, huge shift in the tone. But I don't know. I don't. Once, once again, I know most of the people are mad because of the whitewashing and all that kind of stuff, and I try to just ignore that anymore just because there's nothing I can do about it, so who cares? Yeah. It's probably a pretty good way to live. Yeah, I've never seen any of the Death Note stuff. I know uh, Randy was a big fan of it, but never saw any of it. And I'm not a huge fan of Adam Wingard, so... I was not like chomping at the bit to check this out. They really got me in with William Defoe. Yeah, that is a good sell. Yeah, it really is. Like it doesn't take a lot of William Defoe to sell me on something. 
And and that's exactly what they did because there's not a lot of William Defoe <laughs> in that movie. It worked. There's just enough William Defoe to put him in a trailer. Producers are all high fiving each other as they listen to this. Right. We did suckers. <laughs> five spoken lines. High five. <laughs> The uh, funny thing with this Death Note is, like, I did not, I, I know nothing of the anime. I didn't even know it was based on anime. It just popped up on Netflix. I'm like, oh, I should watch that. And then everybody basically was just simultaneously around the world. It's like, yeah, don't. And I was like, oh, all right, I won't then, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I don't have that much free time on my end if the entire internet says not to watch it. I guess I just won't watch it. <laughs> like, the concept of the anime is actually pretty brilliant. It's the idea of this, this teenage kid gets a notebook and there's a bunch of rules written in it. And the idea is if you write somebody's name in the notebook, you can also write a time and a method. And that person will die then that way, if that makes sense. Hmm. And it's, it's fun. yeah. In the anime is this whole subtext about, you know, imagine a teenager given that power, <laughs> like what, what would happen? Like, cause the, you know, the question of would you kill, yeah, if yeah, if you could kill someone, would you? Like and the answer is, of course you would. <laughs> like everyone would. You would tell yourself you wouldn't, but you wouldn't have that notebook in your possession for forty eight hours before you, you know, saw someone on the news that you were like, Okay, well that person definitely deserves to die. <laughs> it kinda sounds like the old was it uh the button or the box or whatever that one oh, yeah. Matheson story. Yeah, yeah, button, button. But, yeah, uh, it sounds like it's sort of an anime take on that idea. It, it kind of is, but you can keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over is the whole idea. And, and you know, once you do it once, you would do it twice, and once you did it twice, you would do it oh. ten times. By day three, you're just it's just sitting in the passenger seat every time you go for a drive, you get cut off. Just Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if I write the license plate down? Will that kill the guy? <laughs> Give it a shot. Yeah, and and is murdering people justified? Like, even if they're really, really bad people, like, is, well, we already, is it okay? We already decided earlier it's okay to kill Nazis. So. Yeah, yeah, Nazis. <laughs> you just get on the Nazi registry, you just start writing names down. Can't remember the guy's name, but like that guy from Vice who cried on the internet. <laughs> Stupid notebook. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I had no interest in it, and then everybody was talking about how bad it was. So it's it's actually got a couple pretty cool death scenes in it, but that's that's about it. And the design of uh, Ryuk, which is uh, William Defoe's character, the crazy spiny demon thing. Is actually pretty awesome. He looks pretty good. Now, is that just Willem Dafoe, or did they actually put some makeup on him? They, they <laughs> crazy they, demon-looking thing. They mocapped him. So okay. It's actually, William Dafoe in the mocap. And the funny thing is, it even in the anime, Ryuk's face looks a lot like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> this guy kind of looks like Willem Dafoe. We should just get Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they did. They were like, okay, this needs to be Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, is it just like one of those things where like everybody knew that Patrick Stewart should play Professor X like forever? So they're <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah. we're just going to make it happen. Yeah, or Samuel Jackson is that Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. That's funny. 
Well, let's see. I watched a couple things. Uh, so I watched uh, Alien Covenant finally. Um, oh, yeah. I did not. I thought it. sitting here. I didn't. I didn't have like a huge problem with it. It's. I mean, it's not. It's nowhere near Alien or Aliens level. But I mean, it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. Like people were making it out to be. I had people telling me they actively hated it. Like they left the theater angry. And I was just like, eh. I mean, it's an alien movie. There was an alien in it. I had no problem with it. So, for those of us who forget what the trailers were like, because it's been a while, briefly, no. what's 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 it about, and do they execute it well? Um, so it's a colony of people who are. Um, have you? I'm sure you've heard of like the the idea for a Mars trip would be just people going one way. And then yeah. colonizing Mars. Yeah. It's essentially that, but obviously on some distant planet that they're taking like seven years or something to get to. Um, and there's like a solar flare or something. So the android, who his name is Walter, I think, but is played by Michael Fassbender, okay. uh, has to wake up the crew because there's been something that they need to, to do because of the solar flare or something. Um, and of course, while they're awake, they hear like this distress beacon on this other planet. So they decide, well, I mean, this planet looks habitable and there's been like this damage to the ship that we need to take care of. I mean, theoretically, we could stop at this planet and if it's habitable enough, we could just do our mission there where we make we sort of live on this planet instead of the one we were heading to. Um, and then if it's not, we'll just stop and do repairs and then try to get back get back uh, into space again. So they stop, and of course, um, while going to look for the beacon, they discover it's the ship from Prometheus at the end. Okay. So um, and they encounter uh, David, of course, who's still lurking around, and then, uh, as per usual, uh, somebody gets infected with something, and then. A xenomorph shows up. So, it sound, yeah, it sounds like they. It's a pretty basic plot that seems yeah. appropriate for the alien universe. Yeah, and a lot of the people are complaining because a lot of the characters don't have a lot of characterization to them. But they did release like that five-minute short film or whatever. Yeah, that was essentially just a big trailer for the movie. That's not actually in the movie. But if you watch that four-minute short film, you get like the characterization that you need for the movie. And okay. people are complaining about it. And they're like, yeah, but the characters are so bland. But I had to be like, well, yeah, but I mean, I watched the short film. So so that didn't bother me because I didn't feel like they were bland because I knew from watching the short film what was going on. So like that didn't bother me. Um, obviously, the xenomorph is pretty much completely CGI. Um, which people are complaining about. I mean, it, it, at this point, you just kind of have to go, yeah. You just got to be happy when they do practical effects and not be upset when they don't. So, yeah. I no, I'm still going to bitch about it. Okay, go for it. <laughs> It'll never end. 
No, yeah, I would complain if I watched it and there's a CGI alien. That that, that would frustrate me. But. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's one of those things. It's like, well, I know it's going to be CGI, so I should just accept that it's CGI and not worry about it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the the problem I have with it, I think, is uh, really Scott got gun shy after Prometheus because people were bitching about it not being alien enough. Right. So, he, and so this he one made sounds it, like it's yeah, almost a remake of Alien. Yeah, so he made it more alien, and then people are bitching about it because, I don't know. And I'm just like, well, whatever. I don't, you've, you've convinced me to watch it, because I... Yeah, the idea that's a, Scott is all... Say, his own retake on Alien is interesting enough. Yeah. So I'd say watch it. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, it's nowhere near as good as Alien or Aliens, which I don't think anybody expected it to be. Um, but, I mean, it's not... It's not even the worst in the franchise, so yeah, whatever. Not the worst in the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Eight it movies is, into the franchise, not the worst is really not that much of a compliment. <laughs> but well, and it, it didn't do well enough, so now I think they're just scrapping everything and just trying to figure out another way to reboot the franchise. So, so yeah, I don't know. Speaking of things that aren't crappy CGI, I watched Split Second for the nine hundredth time. What's split second? Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail on this, just because it's. I'm pretty sure we're going to have to do it on here because it's it's fucking amazing, and a lot of people haven't seen it. It's a Rudger Hauer movie that's oh, kind yeah. of uh, post-apocalyptic, and there's a crazy sewer monster, and it's it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's probably probably my favorite movie. It's probably number one. Mm. The weird thing is, I think I actually bought that and completely forgot that I bought it because it's on a triple pack <laughs> with like a Chuck Norris movie and then something else. That's actually pretty awesome. For a long time, it was really hard to get. The only copy you could get was like the Italian a release of it, and they were going for like $80, $90 a piece. And madness. I think it still hasn't had a Blu-ray release, but I'm not sure. Well, let me check, because the one I got is a Blu-ray, but it's got three, like, action movies on it. But I may be confusing it with something that sounds somewhat similar that also had Wrecker Hauer in it. Um, let's see. Another thing I watched is Deathline, which was released earlier as Raw Meat. Okay. But this is, this is, like, the director's cut, so he went back and redid a bunch of stuff. Or re-edited it to, to what he originally wanted it before it was cut apart and whatever else. Um, either one of you ever seen Raw Meat before? Yeah, we think so. we did a we did a horror etc. on Subway Horror way back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Tracked it down and I liked it quite a bit at the time. I don't know how well I remember it, but I remember really enjoying it. Uh, um, yeah, I, this it turns out there was like in the early. 1900s? No, late 1800s. There was some railroad workers working on the subway, and a tunnel caved in. And everybody's like, oh, shit, these people were caved in, but they're probably dead by now. So then they just kind of didn't do anything about it. And it turns out they weren't dead, so they just kept, like, essentially breeding and eating their dead and all this stuff. So essentially it's like 
the hills have eyes in a, in a sewer in a subway. Yeah. And the the uh, the the male of the group or whatever his his mate dies, and so he starts going to the surface to find another mate, and of course ends up killing people. And it's got uh, Donald Pleasance, and then uh, there's an infamous story that Christopher Lee wanted to be in this movie strictly because he wanted to have a scene with Donald Pleasance, like that was his only. <laughs> His only bargaining because they've never been in a movie together. That's, that sounds like uh, Christopher Lee. So, and I heard the interview with the director, and so watching it is kind of cool because, so it, it, Christopher Lee's like barely in it, but he's in it for this scene, and it's him and Donald Pleasance sort of squaring off verbally, like back and forth to each other, and the guy's like, "I tried to figure out a way to not make Christopher Lee like imposing because." Obviously, Christopher Lee's like seven feet tall, and then Donald Pleasant's like four feet tall. So he's like, so I only shot them in single shots, and I started out like really close up on Donald Pleasant's face, and then it would cut to Christopher Lee, and it'd be like a far shot on Christopher Lee, and then as they were going back and forth in the cuts. Like the camera got closer to Christopher Lee and further away from Donald Pleasant. And then Christopher Lee eventually sits down on the couch, and that's the only time they get a two shot together so that he wasn't like towering over him the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It wasn't like my favorite movie or anything, but I, so, uh, I enjoyed it. So, so, what you're saying is Donald Pleasant's in subway chats. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I got to see that. <laughs> yeah, but it's a British movie, so it's a little slower than uh, than uh, yeah. American movies. But like Lightly Subway Chats. <laughs> isn't that movie from like seventy two or something like that as well? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's like right around the same era as Ilsa, and you can see what was going on in North American cinema versus European cinema <laughs> at the time. It's like pretty opposite approaches to making movies. Well, until you get down to Italy. Well, oh, jeez. Yes. Uh, so it turns out I don't have Split Second. I have Blind Fury with Rucker Hauer, which mm. is a good movie. I've seen that one before. Yeah. Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. Chuck and, Norris versus a zombie. And White Line Fever with Jan Michael Vincent. I'm guessing that has to do with cocaine. That's, that's clearly the one you bought it for. I mean, that was the, that was, that was the selling point right there. <laughs> I, will, I will see if I can find us a copy of a Split Second, and we will plug that in somewhere, because it's nice. amazing. So yeah, Brecker Hauer and Monsters, I'm, I'm on board. Oh man, it's so good. Uh, then the last thing I watched was a documentary on Amazon Prime called VHS Massacre. And it's a documentary about the decline of physical media and just how much of a bummer that is. Uh, so these guys do a podcast in New York. Um, and they decided to, they were going to make this documentary about the decline of physical media. But then at the same time on their podcast, they decided, let's have this, you know, we'll call it vhs massacre and they went around to all the like used um used shops that had vhs tapes that they could find 
and they were their goal was to buy the weirdest tapes they could find, and then they were gonna ha- sit down and have a podcast about it. And the deal was they were only gonna play like five minutes of each person's selection, and then they were gonna vote on who found the weirdest tape out of everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't even remember like what the selections were, but I mean it was like story time with grandpa or something with this old old guy that like was like had puppets and stuff and subconsciously i hope that's a slasher <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it was a children's movie damn it um and just like all this weird stuff but like that part's fun but the main chunk of it is about the decline of physical media and they were able to get like interviews with uh lloyd kaufman uh joe bob briggs um, I think Tiffany, Sh- Sh- no, uh, Debbie Rashawn, and just like a couple other like indie filmmakers and stuff about sort of what the decline of physical media means. And so they sort of go on and like, like I said, with trauma, they were talking about how um, the whole point of the, the boom of physical media was there were so many video stores that they all needed something to rent so i mean you would make your living as a sort of an indie director just making weird ass movies the video stores would buy up in bulk across the country and yeah you'd make a sixty thousand dollar movie and you'd make a couple million bucks off of it and then you would you know move on to your next project and just keep doing that and so they talked to trauma a lot about it when he was talking about blockbuster started essentially uh killing off the mom and pop shops and they would make deals with like the big studios so there would be like you know 50 copies of some stallone movie so like all of the independent movies would not end up getting on the shelf and just how that was just like a spiraling effect to now we're at netflix and like all that stuff and how horrible that is and it's pretty amazing that Blockbuster managed to kill the entire rental industry yeah. with one contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one. They didn't renew one contract. It, the entire industry collapsed. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, Blockbuster, the impression I get is that that was not a well-run organization. That there were some big mistakes they made that were their own demise. Yeah. Well, they had... Originally, when VHS had taken over, uh, they made a deal with movie studios, basically saying that after movies had gone out of theaters, they would wait X amount of time, then rental tapes would come out, which they would buy for a premium, which was outrageous, like $200 or something like that tape. But they had X amount of time before the movie was available to the public to rent it. So you had that leeway in between. And when uh, media changed and they moved from VHS to DVDs, basically the studios and stuff came back to Blockbuster and said, well, technically, this is a different media, so we need to renegotiate that contract, and we want a little bit more money for the, the discs. And Blockbuster said, well, we're getting in trouble for all of these late fees that we have to charge people and stuff because, you know, the... The tapes were $200 a piece, so, you know, if you stole a tape, that's why they would charge you that breakneck amount. So they said, we'll just save the money 
by not renewing that contract, it, you know, we'll just take the movies whenever they go to the stores and people will rent them because renting is so much cheaper than buying. <laughs> and that destroyed the entire industry collapsed instantly. Like the second that happened is whenever all those stores started. And it was a matter of what, five years? Five years and every video rental store was gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is more complicated than that, I think. But there's a. Uh, it does seem like just a few bad decisions drove an entire industry out. And Blockbuster, like wherever they moved into town, they kind of drove everyone else out of business. They're yeah. very Walmarty in that way. Like you come into town, you drive everyone else out of business. Like if our Walmart ever leaves, I don't know where I'm going to shop because they've driven everybody else out, kind of thing. And Blockbuster did the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman talks a lot about that kind of stuff in the documentary. Um, Joe Bob Briggs talks about, you know, how hard it is for independent filmmakers now to even get anywhere because, yeah, I mean, essentially there is a way to get on streaming by yourself, but it's fucking expensive. So, yeah. So they just cover a lot of that stuff in the documentary. I found it really fascinating. Because I've found myself in the past couple of years going back to buying a lot of physical media. And the reason is because um, a lot of like the the niche like boutiques have popped up, like Screen Factory and now Vestron Video has been has been, you know, uh, brought back from the dead essentially just to be a boutique label for Lionsgate. And all this stuff. So I've been buying like a lot more physical media. And I even just go, I go to Blu-ray.com usually about every day. And you can go to their deals section. It'll just show you all the stuff that's newly, uh, newly has a deal on Amazon or whatever. And it's just all on one page. And so there's a lot of it. Like I'll just scroll through and I'll be like, whoa, that artwork's kind of fucked up. Like Blu-ray.com you said? Yes. I'll actually check that out because my big problem lately has been I want to buy all these releases, but they keep like steel booking everything and stuff. And oh, like, yeah. 50, $75. I can't spend $75 <laughs> on a movie. No, yeah. I find a lot of stuff that's like, like that triple feature I bought with Blind Fury, Silent Rage, and White Lion Fever. I bought it for like $8 on Blu ray. So, I mean, I just kind of scroll through and find stuff like that, and I find weird movies. They're like, I have no idea what this movie is, but the cover art looks cool, and it sounds like it would be interesting, and it's like under $10. So I'll just do a blind buy on that. I have no problem. So that's why I found this documentary kind of fascinating, the the decline of physical media, but now like there's the collector's market is essentially where you find a lot of weird, old interesting movies rather than sort of finding that shit at a video store. So yeah, if you got Amazon Prime VHS Massacre, I would highly recommend it. Um, that's all I got. Anybody else got anything they want to talk about before we wrap up? Nope. Welcome to the new show! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and Noah's drunk already. Eh, fair enough. <laughs> he, he had to sit through surf Nazis, so it's reasonable. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Oh, nice. Are we uh, doing so, that thing where we announce what we're doing next week? Or? I was going to say, so Doug, what are we doing next week? Oh, shit, I don't remember. 
I didn't know I was responsible for knowing that. Uh, Robot Holocaust and another movie. The Bronx Warriors. Bronx Warriors. Bronx Warriors. That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> we were talking about before the show even started. You couldn't even remember. Yeah, you had me at Robot Holocaust. You guys like you're like, do you want to know what it's about? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good enough. That's all, all I need the- to know is that title. <laughs> and all of them were deceived because I'm telling you, if if you guys don't like Bronx Warriors, I'm going to be really upset because that movie is so bizarrely entertaining. Well, we'll see where this goes because you, know, you you don't know this about me yet, but I really enjoy upsetting people. So. <laughs> So he doesn't have anybody to yell at anymore. So yeah. now that Scott's gone, so you may you may have taken that place depending on how next week goes. Hey, it's it's an Italian post-apocalyptic movie set in America. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could possibly be wrong with that? Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.